0: This is Music on Repeat, a podcast where I talk to people about the songs that impacted their taste in music. You can find me on iTunes and Stitcher under the name Music on Repeat or online and on Instagram at musiconrepeat.io. I'm your host, Susie Q. Hello everyone, we are on episode 18 of Music On Repeat. I am here, your host, as usual, Suzy Q. Blaskowitz, along with my guest for today, the very talented singer-songwriter, would you say that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> Carlos Palacio.
1: Just keep on adding adjectives to it. <laughs> yeah. Singer,
0: songwriter, composer. Um, There's so much, right?
1: Well... Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, so much, so little having me. <laughs> of course, my pleasure. pleasure.
0: So Carlos is a singer and you're also a voice coach, a singing coach. Mm-hmm. So you instructed me on <laughs> one fateful occasion.
1: Yeah, you got the free trial version for yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was it was a good experiment. What was your impression of, you know, understanding some of the breathing concepts that go behind singing, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I loved it because pretty much it gave me hope. that i can sing
1: everyone can sing absolutely everyone should sing i think it would be a much safer world in general if everyone had the whole world is a musical yeah i mean uh, it is a musical every every time you walk down the street everyone imagines their own song to the way they walk to the rhythm that they you know they lead their lives
0: well you're gonna have to check out last episode
1: episode 17 (laughs) yeah I, i talk
0: about my um my habit of walking down the street and singing my feelings
1: I think that's really important. I mean, that's what music should be. It should be a way to channel your life.
0: Exactly. Um, So, Carlos, you are from Ecuador.
1: Yes. Um,
0: Can you just give us a bit of a brief background of who you are and why you're here today?
1: Well, I'm still figuring that out, I think. (laughs) Wait, Um, which part? Who you are or why you're here? (laughs) Um, So, well, I mean, I'm only on paper Ecuadorian. My mother's from the Canary Islands and my father's from Ecuador. But I was raised, uh, I was raised all over. I mean, I I, w- I went to Moscow. I lived in Moscow seven years when I was a kid. Got my introduction to music there at the oh, Russian Conservatory. Yeah, it was really? a, yeah Soviet institution. Yeah. Whoa. Well, I mean, I, I guess it would be before that actually, because my mother's a singer. So I. I okay. No, so oh, I, she is. Yeah, even when I was a baby, or I guess when I was in her belly, she was already singing to me. That's like, the trick. Yeah, it certainly has a lot to do with it for yeah. sure. My grandmother was a singer as well.
0: So it runs in the family.
1: Yeah, my grandfather from my dad's side was uh, an artist, a relatively well-known artist in Ecuador. Um, But he was a sculptor and painter. Though, you know, it's famously known about him that he was, he walked around in the streets and uh, he carried his guitar everywhere he went. And he played pasillos and, you know, traditional old uh, Latin American songs. The sad thing is, everyone told me he was terrible at it. But <laughs> Oh
0: no! <laughs> he was famously
1: known for, for doing oh, that. Yeah. But he tried at least. No, no, he tried very hard. He yeah. loved it with a good wine bottle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you are currently here in Barcelona working as a singing coach. Mm-hmm. And you're also, did you tell me this recently that you're applying for the conservatory?
1: Yeah, I'm going to do some of the tests. I'm going to try and get the degree from the Izmuk Conservatory. I think there's a formative element to it that's really important, you know, to just go through a, a structured process sometimes. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, in art, I find that somewhat conflictive yeah. because, you know, you can't really structure art to someone right but you know there's a certain process you have to go through and just being exposed to it will of just course. give me a different dimension on things and it will make e- make it easier to get work as well you know so it's yeah a, it's always a good plan b so to you have a title of course even if it's on music <laughs> so
0: what what would be the title then after that
1: it's called uh superior uh-huh. so it's the equivalent of, to a university degree in singing in, no not not just in singing there are different categories through which you can go into the conservatory. You can do interpretation, you can do composition, you can do musicology, you can do production. There's there's uh, several different branches.
0: And the one that you're going? For. I mean, I,
1: I want to go for composition and also okay. interpretation, which if if I get into interpretation it would be just mainly focused on singing, but I don't understand that process as being only for singers. Uh, I think it's just um, a process every single musician should have to go through. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe less structured, maybe more structured. Um, it's just formal education, I think. and getting new, new dimensions to the information that I already have.
0: Yeah, can't even imagine how difficult that must be. I don't Music. think it's difficult. Well, I mean, for someone that has, like me, it would be difficult. But... No,
1: well, I mean, no, I don't think so either. I, um...
0: <laughs> You've got a lot of faith in me.
1: Well, it's not a matter of faith. I think it's a matter of there's a level of discipline that I think it's really relevant but beyond that someone told me the other day if you do something you love you're not actually working so I, I don't think it's hard you know I use the word working when I'm considering anything that's you know challenging right, okay. and just you know that I really don't want to put any effort into it, it's not hard I, I like I study and I put effort into developing myself as a musician all the time from a technical or rhythmic or any, any kind of dimension that is relevant to music but I don't really see it as work
0: If you get paid for it, then is it work?
1: That's a different concept I think that's making a living that's professionalizing it Okay. I think that's what the necessary word for that relationship would be professionalizing. I think there's a lot of people that also work with music, through music, uh, and maybe they're not making a full living out of it. But right. I think that's in another discussion maybe for yeah. economy, right? <laughs> yeah, um, Understanding exactly. that maybe humans shouldn't only dedicate themselves to one thing they can you know they can combine different, different I abilities and
0: completely agree i am the biggest fan of doing a billion things at yeah. once i mean you're this not being you're, you're never
1: gonna i don't think anyone should be defined by it, just their professional activity or the Definitely. activity through which they, they, you know, they gain an income. Yeah,
0: definitely not. I mean, I don't want to be known as a software writer. That's for sure, <laughs> which is what I get paid to do every day.
1: I think that's a wonderful job. But again, you know, you're a lot more than just, you know, a thank software you. designer. Thank you, know? you.
0: Well, writer, but um, thank you, Carlos. I appreciate <laughs> that. Okay, so why don't we just get into it with your first song? How do you feel about that?
1: Oh, well, it took me a while. That was You know, it's a, it's a hard question to have to, like, pick a couple songs that you think are relevant you know yeah Um,
0: you're not the first person to have said that you
1: know it's like picking your favorite child (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's a fair question but yeah I mean it took me a while to to figure it out rather than whether it was a great masterpiece or not I just thought whether it meant something to me whether it was an influence somehow or whether it brought something to the table that people maybe just don't talk about in music
0: That's perfect. Well, that's exactly what I requested. So we're going to go ahead and start with your first song.
1: A candy-colored clown they call the Sandman Tiptoes to my room every night Just to sprinkle stardust and to whisper Go to sleep, everything is all right I close my eyes then I drift away Into the magic night I softly say A fly
0: Okay, Carlos, tell us a bit about that song. Well, first, tell us what song.
1: It's called In Dreams, right? And, and the singer-songwriter is, uh, the composer is Roy Orbison. I mean, he's a bit of a tragic story, really. Like, he had a very sad life and very underrated by, I think, most musical standards. I mean, he's just different. Uh, I think, like, when you look at a lot of people that did great things in music, they all seem to mention this guy. And, you know, maybe that's the first reason why I started digging more into him. But essentially, when I was a kid, I remember being in a car and my dad had his CDs. Mm-hmm. Well, we used to do these trips in Ecuador and we, we went from from the mountains to the coast and they were about nine hours long because you have to go up and down the hill through the mountains until you reach the coast. And, you know, maybe the, the highways in Ecuador are not the best quality. <laughs> so it, it was a long trip. And we used to listen maybe for nine hours back and forth this album. And I, I never really quite understood how my dad actually got a hold of this guy cuz my dad was raised in the Soviet Union so uh, that that Whoa. raises a big question as to how he got exposed to this guy but again he's a bit of an underrated elvis i mean there there's quotes of elvis talking about him and and mentioning how he thought he was just the greatest singer he'd ever heard i think the guy's phenomenal he was a guy that you know he would dream songs and then when he'd wake up he'd write them down mm-hmm. It's not the first person to do that, but he, he certainly had a talent for putting songs together. I think he he wrote most of his songs in about 15 to 20 minutes. That's crazy. You know that from a conceptual point of view, that's that's not that hard to find, but. The structure that he uses for for his songs is quite unconventional. This song in particular is very very interesting because it doesn't follow a pattern of A B A B C. Yeah, you know, I, it doesn't I was have reading. Yeah,
0: I was reading a bit about that about how most songs have you know a verse chorus verse chorus bridge whatever. Blah, blah. But in this song specifically does not have no, does it's, not repeat itself once. No,
1: there's no repeating concept, and that that's a lot what music is about. It's just about uh, motifs and how you you structure these motifs and. You use them to condition the listener. Uh, In this case, it's just a storyline that he's just developing along, and it's fantastic. He's considered to be a rock and roll singer, but he doesn't seem to use the the patterns that most uh, rock and roll artists used to use. Just the format, you can hear a lot of strings. There's a lot of different instruments that he's using. It's not that the composition is particularly complex. The harmony itself is quite diatonic, Which means it's in the same key, but um, yeah, I
0: had no idea what that. (laughs) Yeah, Um,
1: so there's nothing crazy going on in there. If you look at the start, there's something somewhat operatic Mm -hmm. to his songwriting. You you listen to the just the beginning in which he sings, A candy color clown, they call the Sandman. It's almost uh, an intro used by Verdi or, you know, by right. a classical composer. And then he starts to build in on the song. It's just a different type of uh, songwriter. There's also something that I connected with a lot. It's the concept of he, he writes a lot about dreams. Also right. because he writes songs through exactly. dreams. So he's a bit of an yeah. impressionist, but a uh, musician impressionist, right? And uh, I connected with that really easily because there's, there's a certain interesting element in which you know a lot of people if they had full control over their dreams they wouldn't want to wake up so it gets into a philosophical conversation that's very interesting or they would
0: never want to go to sleep
1: (laughs) or maybe they wouldn't want to go to sleep because they knew then they would never want to wake up again but if you had full control of your dreams who wants to wake up you know you'd live you'd live depends
0: i have some really fucked up dreams (laughs) you mean like dreams they they wouldn't
1: be fucked up if you had control over them you could just make them as wonderful as you wanted them to be I,
0: I mean, I guess. I mean, that's what the concept of a dream is, something that that's you good. want, right? But when we have dreams and when we sleep, I really have the craziest dreams. I do not want to be in them any longer.
1: <laughs> well, I think it's more the concept of lucid dreaming and just projecting through your dreams what you really want to you want to have in your life or what's missing in your life. hmm so I, I think that's a really like interesting concept. I, again, you know, he he loves this girl, but only in his dreams he can have her. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, he's also known for being a bit of a, he's like, a drama, drama queen. Drama he, queen, yeah, he's a, like a bit drama depressing, he's sad, totally depressed. Him. I mean, he was
1: not a good-looking guy. He used to wear the shades. He yeah. did not have the you know the moves or or the style that you know some of his contemporaries had. If you watch him live, he's actually quite boring, except yeah. for the fact that he has this yeah. massive band behind him that plays well, incredibly yeah. well. Yeah,
0: and I, I read about him today saying that he knew it from the beginning. He's yeah. like, I'm not here to perform. I'm here to play my music. Then people are right. here to hear my music, and
1: that's it. Right, and, and and he's somewhat having fun with that concept. It's like, if you guys enjoyed, that's great. I don't yeah. really do it for you guys. Yeah. I do it for myself because these are my dreams, right? And yeah. this, this is what I deal with in my daily life. And again, I think he, like if you look, through his story life, which I'm not an expert at all, he had quite a sad life. He died pretty young. He
0: died young, and his wife died yeah. in a tragic motorcycle accident.
1: Exactly.
0: Uh, so yeah, he didn't have it easy.
1: No, no, and he died of overworking. Yeah, but again, I just I was fascinated first with his voice. You know, his use of his voice is just different from any other rock singer. He's really singing, pretending to be an opera singer. So when people compare rock musicians to opera, the first name that comes into mind would be Queen. I right. would assume that Queen would have, you know, taken a lot from what Roy Orbison right. tried to do.
0: And have they? Have you read I haven't about read that any
1: comparisons no? within that. But I know that even the Beatles, you know, Paul McCartney, he wanted to be this guy. This is the guy that everybody wanted to be. And by trying to emulate him, they found something else, you know, and they found their own character. So I thought that was really interesting. You know, when you try to imitate your idols, that's a lot of the times when you find your own identity because you fail to imitate them and you try so hard to to become them. And then you realize that there's certain things you can't imitate. And that's where your own personality comes through. As it should. As it so
0: you as a songwriter, mm-hmm. how do you incorporate or do you incorporate anything from this into your own songwriting or has this influenced you in, in that realm?
1: I mean, uh, as a songwriter, I think less. Uh, There's times when you do have a song in the back of your head and you try to replicate kind of the concept that that you've heard, that you're just like, oh, I wish I'd written that song. I'm going to try and do something like that. I've never actually tried and do this with any of his songs, but certainly with the singing. um, Right. Because I do find he's uh, got a lot of sensitivity in his upper range. You know, Uh, A lot of the times the concept of the modern rock singer is that he can belt out these high notes, and so he gets all this power from these high notes. But he takes a different take on high notes. He doesn't belt them. He really controls them. And he tries to deliver them very softly. And then that's where he develops dynamics and right. he, he makes that note grow. So I think that's something that a lot of singers should really listen into. You yeah. know, How he takes those high notes. I don't think he was a trained singer. Like just from listening right. to him sing, I wouldn't say he was an efficiently trained singer. He, right. he was more of a vocalist but he uses his voice more like a singer rather than a vocalist because he does show that he can do very different things. Right. Most vocalists, they just do the one thing and they're very good at what they do and it's more about the lyrics and their personality. He's actually trying to deliver certain sounds that are more characteristic of singers rather than vocalists.
0: Okay. This is also something I didn't know before I met you is the difference between a singer and a vocalist because I just thought everyone's singing...
1: Well, I think a singer is a formally trained musician, you know, and, and he, he should be able to deliver on different genres, different textures. Again, I think singers are storytellers mainly, and we should be equipped with the necessary tools to be able to characterize different stories yeah. and deliver upon that.
0: So would you say that he is one of your idols in terms of
1: as a songwriter, for or not sure.
0: as a, but as a singer?
1: As a singer, um, or who would you? I think he's amazing, but I I don't know. That's that's an even harder question than you know, okay. than, <laughs> choosing than, yeah, two songs. Then two songs, yeah. Well, who's my favorite singer? I, I mean, if we have to go into singers, the best singers are, again I think are opera singers. They're fully trained. They they have full control over their breathing, full control over their points of resonance. I think it's not even about technique anymore nowadays. I think it's just about being sincere and using yeah. the instrument you have in a very sincere fashion.
0: Conveying emotion. And
1: conveying emotion, absolutely. To me,
0: that's super. That, even
1: more than being creative. Yeah. Because, I mean, creativity, I think, is somewhat in the eye of the beholder that doesn't know that that's already been done.
0: Right yeah <laughs> that's true yeah that's very actually never thought of it that way but that's very true because everything is just kind of a copy of everything yeah else. i mean
1: we all build on on our influences and that's what makes us who we are again it's by failing to to incarnate our idols that we find ourselves okay. we have to fail a lot, fail a lot okay. <laughs> so that's my um, advice fail a lot okay,
0: so speaking of failing do you think uh given your <laughs> one lesson we had that i am a failure at singing, well, maybe or I m- could. maybe
1: the failure would be me because we only had one lesson. I know, so, it is. Yeah, I, did, I, was just I didn't convince timing. you enough to get a no, second. No, no, of- I want. I'm, <laughs> I'm still.
0: <laughs> no, I'm still getting around to it. But I just want on the record here. Do I have hope? Absolutely,
1: for, absolutely. I
0: have hope to be a singer it, or not a singer, a vocalist.
1: You have. You have everything in your hands to, to do with music, whatever you wish to make of it, you know. But
0: me personally. Absolutely. Okay, so you heard that here first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'd have a radio talk show if, if if you didn't have a beautiful voice. Oh,
0: thank you, Carlos. So, so yeah, I just have to channel that into more musical yeah, side. Yeah, and, and
1: there's so many ways through which you can do that.
0: Well, after this podcast, we're going to do yeah, it. Now, let's get to work then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, so should we go into your second song now? Sure. Okay, here
1: we go. Cold hearted job. Tell me how you feel. Just a blade in the grass, I spoke unto the wind.
0: That is quite a departure from the first song.
1: Oh, yeah. It's got nothing to do with the Um, first song. So,
0: so Phyllis, tell us what that was and why you chose it.
1: Well, I mean, I wanted to find something that was different and something that was contemporary. I'm more of a classic guy. My years are the 50s, the 60s, Mm -hmm. 30s the 80s i like the 80s i have to admit oh, no. you really <laughs> like the 80s and, uh, but uh, even though the sound is is a lot to be said but that's not the point again this is a good interesting contrast i think because you have a guy here that i think also writes songs very quickly very efficiently yeah they're much simpler concepts actually ben, i like this
0: is ben howard this but. is ben
1: howard yeah by the way uh, it's called the fear but i, I picked the song Basically, actually, because of the lyrics and and because I like Ben Howard. I think he's a creative guy. Again, he defies everything that I've just been talking about because from what I know and what I can see from him, he's not a formally trained musician, which, again, you shouldn't have to be. I think he's just very sincere. I think the lyrics that he develops are exquisite actually. Something that is taken for granted a lot of times by musicians. Mm -hmm. Sometimes even singers, uh, when we're writing a song, we focus a lot on the vowels, which is the the most beautiful vowel to go with that note to follow the the metric rhythm that you is, want to develop. Is that what
0: you think about when you write lyrics as a singer? Like you yes. think about how that word will sound? Is Absolutely.
1: It, the, really? How the word will oh, sound I is nev- very relevant.
0: I never thought of that. Absolutely. I literally just thought, oh, this. I mean, because I, mean, I come from a writing side, right. the writing side. So I just think what word is going to sound the prettiest from a lyrical perspective, not Absolutely. from a sonic perspective.
1: Right. There's so many ways through which you can develop a song. You can start with the lyrics you can start with the music you can start with an arrangement you can start with the harmony you can start with the rhythm most of the times you start with a rhythm in your head but essentially it's just a different angle to songwriting and i think again that's part of our job is to understand and know how to go about these different processes and then pick the one that's most useful for the message that you're trying to convey this song for example i think he he thinks about the lyrics first that's where he starts and personally, when I develop lyrics, I'm thinking of vowels. You know, what mm-hmm. vowels am I going to use to sing through this melody? Most of the times I just mumble or improvise uh, certain vowels that I think work with the melody that I have in my head. And I build from that.
0: But would you have an idea behind the song of what you want it to be about?
1: Uh, so for me, or is it just
0: I, literally random words on a page?
1: Uh, a lot of the times, yeah, it's random words what? on a page. That's yes, that's crazy for yeah. me. I
0: can't imagine that. Yeah,
1: and and then you know, I I get a feeling from the harmony that I develop around the melody. Of what the song kind of wants to be about. So the song tells me what it should be about and I develop a story around, I sometimes finish the story when I've already finished the song it's like okay that's what the song should be about you know. This um, is all
0: blowing my mind right now Carlos. Yeah,
1: it's a different relationship to songwriting but this is a different angle and I think that's why it's so valid because he's already got a very very interesting concept. And The song is called The Fear. I don't think that the name gives it justice because what he's really talking about is just indifference in people's lives and the way they make choices how we are always making choices based on fear on on not being brave enough or not believing in ourselves enough Mm -hmm. to make the choices that we actually want and rather making choices that we we're supposed to make or that people think are positive for us and we end up taking for granted what we really want for ourselves and how we envision ourselves, our dreams, again. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? So it is related, after there, all. there is a relationship in concept, yeah. Again, I think he has a very beautiful voice, but he's not a singer, right. much less than, than Rory Orbison Roy Orbison is, is a fantastic singer. He's really a vocalist with a really good set of tools through which he can convey his messages. So I would put him on a category maybe of a modern troubadour, you know? like <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Bob Dylan would be the most famous one, you know? Right. The lyricist that puts music to his lyrics. Uh, but he takes a new perspective on things. He plays the the guitar upside down. He's, yeah. a, he's yeah. a lefty. I think he's a modern interpretation of a troubadour now if you listen to his uh, second album he really develops he goes beyond the the singer songwriter he does some really interesting things with the guitar that i thought you know worth mentioning because most people play the guitar in a very standard tuning standard positioning he just breaks those rules he uses it more as a rhythmic tool for his songs
0: yeah that's something else i have
1: He does yeah i've read
0: yeah that he uses alternative tuning in his songs which i don't i don't really get that
1: okay (laughs) so why he does that because if you use the standard tuning you you always go back to the same resources unless you're a fantastic guitarist you're a fully developed guitarist you go into certain repetitive patterns and it's hard to develop new ideas from these repetitive patterns because they they bring you back to the same places right right? so when he changes the tuning all of a sudden he starts from a different point and he he almost lets his ears do the work for him Mm -hmm. rather than the theory I think that's in the end, how music should be done. Right. You know, you should have a certain amount of theory in you. And then you should just flow and let your ears do the work and relax. Yeah. There's degrees of relaxation yeah. and composition that are very important. How good your song is, is pretty much going to be related to how sincere and relaxed you were through the process of creation. Right. So, again, he uses these tunings to get himself into that mood, and he just, you know, instead of writing from left to right, he starts writing from right to left. That's kind of the uh, the yeah. idea or the tool that he's using in, for developing songs. But, again, I think he's broke away from that as well. He's used plenty of electronic sound uh, now and... He's a guy that also takes into consideration very much the sound that he's using for the song. Okay. What do
0: you mean by that?
1: I'm not talking about quality. Uh, It's not about the quality of the sound. It's about which frequencies he's using to wrap up the song. Right. Right?
0: This is more from a technical perspective. Yeah, uh,
1: and also creative. Yeah. This is pretty much the job of a producer. So I don't know how much he's involved in that Mm because I'm sure he has a team or he has people advising him. Definitely a very interesting person. Production, what he did with with all his songs and all his albums and again my respects to to a fantastic lyricist
0: yeah i think that's something also that he has said himself that he's really focused on the lyrics when he's writing yeah and there's another artist amen dunes who i'm a huge fan of and yeah he also because he puts a lot and a lot of thought into his lyrics and i love his lyrics but yeah. it's funny just it's funny to hear you say that you can write, or probably a lot of people are just writing kind of random things when they're writing, but for someone that's listening to it, they interpret it in so many crazy different ways where the person was probably just like, oh, yeah, this sounds good here. Where, uh, you know, I'm like this emotional, like, oh my God, what does this song
1: mean? <laughs> well, I think that's that's also why I do it because I think, okay, the, there's different ways you can write lyrics as well, but I think it's fair to let people get their own idea of what the song's about. And, you know, when you yeah. go to an art exhibit, you don't have the artist explaining his, right, exactly. his piece. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's kind of um, the beauty of music. And
1: sometimes maybe I don't even want people to know the real meaning because I was channeling something that... Uh, was very personal and I wanted to put it in a cryptic way so that, you know, I, I was sure that the concept was being channeled. But maybe I left some interpretation in there for you to decide yeah. what the song's really about. And I don't think you should always be writing songs for the listener. You can also write songs just for yourself right. because you're channeling things. And I think that's the most sincere way to develop songs. If you're thinking about the listener, you're already conditioned. Yeah. You're already conditioning yeah. yourself as to what the end product should be and what the objective should be. But that again that the, it's all fair uh, yeah. fair game in right. uh, these types of situations.
0: Okay. So in terms of your next move uh, I know you play music with Pablo, right? Yeah, you know, Pablo our, our, Rojas. Our friend yeah. Pablo. I didn't know that was his last name, yes.
1: actually. <laughs> our friend, you didn't, yeah, know was that. <laughs> didn't know his
0: last name.
1: That's fair. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so you guys make music together. What are your plans? Do you have plans for...
1: Uh, I'm hoping to get some gigs soon. Uh, we've we've written uh, quite a few songs. Okay. Uh, we have about a repertoire of about nine or ten songs. Oh,
0: cool. Do you guys have a stage name? Like a band name? Are you a band? What is this...
1: That will be soon decided. promoted. Okay. decided. Okay. Well, let's call it that. <laughs> okay, it's been a it's been a concept of discussion. Let's just say that. Okay, um,
0: well, if I can add my two cents, I would be greatly honored.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> but not. So, right, what no. do you think we should be called? <laughs> Maybe you want to give us an idea. Like
0: what about like Pablo y Carlos? Um, yeah, that's not going to cut it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Okay, but do you sing? You sing in English or Spanish? I
1: sing in English, but okay. I've been recently writing more songs in Spanish. Okay, cool. It's different ballgame, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: well, speaking of that, actually, I'm going to give my my recommendation for this episode of what you and the listeners should be okay. listening to right now. There's a new album out by Elado Negro. Do you know him? I don't. He's also known as Robert Carlos Lang, but he has all these different monikers. One of them is Helado Negro, and he sings in um, Spanish and English. He's from the U.S., but his parents are from... wait... Yeah, they're from Ecuador. Really? Yeah. Wow! Look <laughs> <Yeah>. at that. <laughs> yeah. um, he just released a new album called This Is How You Smile. And I think everyone should check it out. My favorites on the album are Sabana de Luz, Running, and Todo Lo Que Me Falta.
1: Okay, I'll check uh, him out. Check yeah. him out. He's yeah.
0: good. <laughs> He's got a lot of, it's like a folksy kind of poppy okay. vibe, but with steel drums. Okay. added. Yeah, very cool. I I love a steel drum, so you should check it out. Um, and... On that note, we're almost out of time, Carlos, but I feel like you know so much, and I could probably talk to you for three hours.
1: Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, We can do a three-hour session next time.
0: But But if you guys want singing lessons, if you're in Barcelona area, and you want a singing lesson from Carlos...
1: Yes, I'm open for business. He's
0: open for business. He's an amazing teacher. I can attest to that, because I have been in a class with him. He makes you feel very capable, and like you can actually do it. (laughs) Because you can. Yes, and... You also teach um, a couple other things in case people want lessons. Yeah, right.
1: So I'm I'm a teacher really more than anything. That if if I were to be defined by anything, yes, I'd be a teacher. I teach tennis and I teach table tennis. Um, but I develop athletes, so I work with you know competitive players that want to you know become professional. Or uh, youngsters that are developing themselves still but that already are very focused on their activity. I do it mainly because I love teaching. I mean, that yeah, uh, there's a level like of empathy yeah. and that is just very rewarding to see people just get a smile on their face because they feel they're improving. And, uh, and also sports. I think everything in life is about rhythm and flow. Right. And those are the first things that come into play in music yeah. as well. So it's, it's really all about rhythm and flow and health. Health. Yeah. Absolutely. Having a healthy breathing style, breathing rhythm.
0: Singing is almost like a sport Developing your
1: body. It's totally like a sport. The discipline required is very similar.
0: Cool. Well, I'm going to go and get discipline now. (laughs)
1: become an athlete.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Well, thank you so much, Carlos, for being here. Thank you, Susie. It's been amazing. You're you're great at this. Oh, thank you. You're you're great. You're the perfect guest.
1: Thank you. It's it's (laughs) been so much fun.
0: Okay, guys. Thank you for tuning in, and I will see you on Music on Repeat. Bye Bye I so say